Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, December 17th, our last live show of 2020. Thank God 2020 is over. We're going to talk a, a little bit about what is going to happen to the LA Galaxy. Um, and we're still going to have a bunch of other shows that go on, just the live shows, unfortunately, Thursdays and how they line up. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, I have some breaking news for you. Will I share that breaking news at the beginning? No, I will not. I will drag it out and want to make you wait for it. So uh, we do have some breaking news. We do have some things that we can confirm and talk about, um, which is exciting for LA Galaxy fans as we near the Christmas holiday. Uh, to help me do all of that, talk about player movement, a whole bunch of other things, the hammer himself, Mr. Eric Vieira. How's it going, buddy? How's it going? It's it's nice to be back. Bittersweet. The last show of the year. But yes. like you said, thank God the year is almost over. Yes. We're able to put this thing behind us and move forward. But uh, excited. We have we have stuff to talk about this time. We don't have to filibuster and, and pull it out. We actually did prep and, and got ready to go. So I'm excited to that we actually have some news to share and to talk some to Melly Galaxy and close out. Uh, our last live show for 2020. So looking forward to it. Excited to be here. Like your sweater for those of us listening. You know, this is a visual medium as well. Right. Josh has a, a lovely, I'm not going to call it an ugly Christmas sweater because it's, 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 it looks good. It works. It's in the style of an ugly Christmas sweater. It's just not ugly, which is kind of why I like it. Like it's cute, but it's still, it's in the style. It's like, hey, if we made an ugly Christmas sweater that looked good, this is what that Christmas sweater would look like. Uh, you two can buy this from Amazon. I got it last year. Uh, the shoulders don't really fit, which is how you know it's from Amazon. <laughs> um, and why it also still fits into the ugly Christmas sweater genre. So, uh, yeah, glad we could do that. Uh, I was going to say, you were talking about filibustering, and and if, if they ever needed two senators uh, from the state of California to go and talk about nothing for a very long time, I feel like you and I could do a pretty good job. So we are available for that particular thing. If you want nothing to get done, I feel like you and I could definitely get nothing done. Yeah, we could get nothing done and talk to you for at least 60 minutes about yes. nothing. Yes, that, yeah, that sounds about right. All right, um, let's get to some LA Galaxy news. Uh, as most of you know, if you've been following around, is the LA Galaxy lost somebody in the expansion draft. I actually asked the LA Galaxy, the last person to be like picked up in an expansion draft. I have no idea. I don't know. And they don't know off the, they're like, well, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm like, yeah, I kind of figured that, but somebody should be able to, you know, dig around and find that thing. Don't you think it would be something? Um, do you have any ideas? Do you have any I have, thoughts? I, I don't think it's happened. I, I feel it, it, has. it has. I know it has. Yeah. It has I, to have with, I, with I, the I, amount of expansion that there has been, but you're right. I, there's not that one player that hurts. It's like, Oh, I remember they, they took them. I know they're, a lot of players who have left the club and come back to haunt us and, and end up scoring goals on us or making us pay. Uh, but I don't remember expansion draft being that. I'm sure I'm sure the chat is, is on it and someone's going to chime in before the show is over. So but, so good good friend Chris Tucker uh, threw out a name that he thought could be it. Uh, Stefan Migliorazzi could have been an expansion draft like back in 2009, maybe? Like in, yeah. in, that, in that area, maybe just, during the... I'm yeah. just still trying to spell spell Migliorazzi. It's yeah. a triple letter score for sure. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so, so everybody, I know uh, the chat room's on it. Uh, we'll see if we can we can come up with an answer. But I thought it was interesting because it just hasn't happened. Now, the LA Galaxy have had some really good teams, but they always put people in positions where you're like, well, you're not picking that person. Everybody knows. Um, I, I would like to toot my own horn. Uh, I did on the Monday podcast say that Joe Corona would be a good target for Austin FC to pick up. And as far as I was concerned on the LA Galaxy roster, the only person worth picking up. Um, and that exact time. So uh, it could have been Aaron shouts out, by the way, Hector Jimenez. I know Jimenez went to, I thought he went to Columbus, Columbus. though, and Columbus isn't an expansion team. No, that would have been right? a trade. No, yeah. Aaron, you're out already. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for playing along. Um, so yeah, it's a whole deal. By the way, you know, expansion rules, we get this question all the time. You know, are DPs automatically protected or are they allowed to be, you know, left unprotected? And the rule is they are not automatically protected but you must protect any designated player that has a no trade clause. And most designated players have a no trade clause. So in fact, you're mandated to protect anybody that has a no trade clause and you're not going to leave Chicharito on. I know everybody's like, just leave Chicharito unprotected. It's one of those things. Like if you're bringing in a DP, you're investing in it. They're not, they're not going to be put out there. So as, as bad of a season as Chicharito had. And I understand uh, that sentiment coming from some people. It was never going to happen uh, in DPs in general. That's why you never see them on there. I don't think, uh, again, speaking of not knowing when the last player from the LA Galaxy was taken, I don't I don't remember a DP ever being listed on an expansion draft list. And just uh, with the players that were listed, you're right, it was a good shot for Joe Corona. Only other names that maybe would have stood out would have been like Insua, but then again, it's it's going into salary and an in international slot. So it makes it a little bit more difficult with Corona. He has, you know, the veteran presence, the experience uh, in MLS and in, uh, in the Mexican league. So it's just a U.S. national team uh, caliber player. So it just seemed to check all the boxes. And if you were, you know, reading some of the pieces leading up to the expansion draft, uh, Austin FC has, you know, of course their own podcasts, their own people who, who write about it. And Joe Corona was on almost every one of those lists. Right. And just like if, you know, if the galaxy is going to draft, uh, you know, one of our lists is going to have a likely player that's going to be on there. So you knew that if, if that Austin fan base, who's going to be tuned in to what that front office is interested, if they have Joe Corona on their wish list, you knew it was highly likely that he was going to be the one taken from this list. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was at least a good shout or at least a uh, it was it just made sense that that was going to happen. Um they drafted five players and five players only. Back back in the old expansion back in the day, Eric. They used to take like 10 players each and you get, you know, 10 you could only protect 11 players or 10 players and you know, all sorts of rules. A generation Adidas players, homegrown players were exempt from the draft. Different than being protected, they're exempt from the draft, other teams had to be um, had yeah, other players. You had to physically, so, quote unquote, protect. It was really that you left. You had to. You could protect a certain amount. You could leave people unprotected. Joe Corona was unprotected. They said they were negotiating with him. I have to feel that if they knew they were leaving Joe Corona out, that they knew they were probably going to lose him. It, it's just it, everybody likes to think these things are surprises. There, there's no surprises. Yeah. Like this, there was no. There was zero surprises. Yeah, it's like being, uh, you know, the first pick in, in in the draft for the NFL or the NBA. They usually give those players a phone call in advance and say, hey, you're going to be the first pick. And with the expansion draft, with not needing to beat out other teams, they probably reached out in, in advance and said, hey, just FYI, this is happening. Uh, yeah, so I, I doubt it was a surprise. So maybe there was there were some leaks going on as well, unofficially. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, sad to see Corona go. I think he was a player that maybe didn't... Uh, 
he didn't wow. He wasn't like a, a superstar with his time here, but he wasn't someone who was, a, I don't think he was a liability during his time. So that's what makes it uh, a little bit painful to see him go because you're losing someone who was, uh, you know, one of the more consistent players over the last season and a half uh, that, yeah. that he was here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the five players that got picked by Austin FC uh, from San Jose, uh, Danny uh, Hosen, a uh, forward, uh, Jared Stroud, a midfielder from New York Red Bulls, Brady Scott, goalkeeper from Nashville, uh, Joe Corona, and then Kamal Miller, a defender from Orlando City, who then got traded, I think, immediately to Montreal, if I'm, if I'm correct in remembering that, for a whole bunch of of play of money and and stuff so uh they already made a trade they already did that they're picking up some other players as well austin's gonna have i think an interesting enough team you know um people are already trying to draw comparisons with how they're building they're building it like nashville they're doing it the smart way it's like remember when everybody was like nashville has no players and they're not going to be able to i'm just like calm down everybody just relax let's just let it play out let's just let it play out you don't have to like make comparisons i know as a talking head eric it is part of my job to make things a discussion point that maybe wouldn't be a discussion point. Like we could sit here and argue about Joe Corona, good or bad. Joe Corona was a fine player. There's, I, I liked him. He was a great guy. He was not amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's where we're at. By the way, Aaron is up to 2007 and has Gavin Glinton was picked uh, from wow. the LA Galaxy. So that's where he's at. He also had 1997 where three Galaxy players were picked. Uh, Danny Pena, Kevin Hartman, and Brian Taylor. Um, so 2007, 2006, Paulo Nagamora was picked. So back in the, in the, in the OATS there, there were some, there were some players, some players changing, changing, changing hands. Fair so, enough. uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get that to the, to the last one, the, the most, the, the, yeah. the 2008, 2009s in there, um, whenever it goes back. Um, so, uh, Joe Corona was great. Um, I thought that he had a quieter second year than than really I think he would like. I would expect that he plays very well for Austin and everybody goes, I can't believe we lost Joe Corona. You know, um, that's my that's my impression of everybody who cries about every decision that <laughs> it's, moves. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're, there's going to be an away trip to Austin and Joe Corona is going to score his, his only goal that he scores in 2021 and it's going to be against the Galaxy. You just know that that's going to happen. And then yeah. just to, to tie it back to your before we got sidetracked with Aaron dropping every single uh, yes. expansion draft player. Uh, you say that, you know, everyone's saying it's they're building it like Nashville, but they're, they're building it like Nashville. <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> they're going with MLS known quantities with Alex Ring that they're bringing in for NYC, which is similar to what the Walker Zimmerman move is and getting, you know, other MLS vets and kind of, uh, you know, not, not with a big splashy international player, but more of the known commodities. So I, for those who are saying that, you are val- you're validated in this chat room. And I just okay. want to say, I could see the similarities. Okay. Now, now Joe in the chat room said, has the best question for us though, right now. From right now, from this day with Austin, not even having close to a complete roster, not understanding really what they're, how they're going to play. Will Austin have a better record than the LA galaxy in 2021? As the team is constructed right now, <laughs> yes, because there are 12 players on the, on the roster. So, you know, like, all the expansion teams that have come into the league in the last three or four seasons, they have that extra extra allocation money and they're able to bring in, you know, a higher quality of player who is, is going to be a known commodity. So as of right now, yes, <laughs> the, this Austin team is going to have a better, a better record. But if the galaxy, you know, once we know a coach, once we know players that are going to be brought in, that can change. 
But I, as I of right now, say, it's it's Austin. My money will uh, be on Austin. Let me go back to my my old back back in the day. You know, like four or five, six years ago, whenever there would be an expansion team, I'd always say, "Well, you don't have to worry about one thing. You know, the LA Galaxy will be better than those <laughs> than those those expansion teams." And then Atlanta came in and and showed me that that wasn't the way. Um, you know, certainly LAFC got off to a good start as well. And so you look at that. The good news is that those teams tend to regress back to this middle of the pack when they start to lose all their extra money. Expansion teams are gifted with two things. And one of the, and these things are, are good for Austin is they're given extra allocation money, which they can spend and they do spend and they drive up prices for other things around the league. It's actually really interesting to see what happens when you bring in expansion teams and they don't have quote unquote, any bad contracts yet, right? You don't have a guy who you signed for four years and have to loan out to some team in, you know, the, uh, in, in Norway or, or Sweden or one of those Scandinavian countries. And, you know, you don't have that on the record. You don't have to worry about you know going going around and doing that you didn't give some guy four years um who couldn't play defense for a very long time and then you have a bad contract so austin doesn't have that yet but i mean they could have picked up jurgen Shelvik in the in the expansion draft he was available and ready for them um which again points to the fact that the la galaxy still have jurgen Shelvik on their roster um, not a surprise. We've talked about it many times. We know that that's the case. Um, but still, uh, it, it's still one of those things that sort of drives you a little batty and, and up the wall. So, um, you know, Austin has both of those things going for it. They're going to have a cool stadium. Columbus is going to have a cool stadium. Who else is? Oh, Cincinnati has a new stadium coming out too, right? Who else? Yes. That's three. There's one more. Are there four? Columbus, Austin, Cincinnati. I feel like there's one more that I'm missing. Chat room will get it. <laughs> well, I want to say Austin. Austin's building it. Yeah, yeah, I said Austin, okay. FC Cincinnati, Columbus, and there's, I think, <laughs> oh, Nashville. Nashville has their stadium. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, oh I remember there's, there's, there's a lot of drama with, with that getting built, but yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. Sense. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, so that, yeah, that's, that's sort of where we're sitting right now. Um, here is the next move that happened. We had the first stage of the re-entry draft uh, that took place, and... If you remember, first stage of the re-entry draft basically means that any player you pick up, you're picking up at their contract option or at their current contract, right? So you don't get to negotiate. You're saying, yes, you, sir, whatever you were making, which I know the number is, but nobody else knows the number because we're MLS, we keep things secret. Uh, You, sir, I will pay you exactly what you are making right now or what you were supposed to make on your option for this next year. No negotiating, done deal, come put on a kit and we'll get it done. Uh, Only three teams picked up players in this. Uh, Atlanta United, LAFC, and Sporting Kansas City each picked up players. Uh, Atlanta United picked up Andrew Gutman from FC Cincinnati. Raheem Edwards was picked up by LAFC from Minnesota United. And Kendall McIntosh from uh, New York Red Bulls was picked up by Sporting Kansas City. So those were the three players. Other 24 teams, including the LA Galaxy, made absolutely no no moves. And that's that's usually expected. It's usually pretty light in the first round. As a matter of fact, it's kind of light in the second round, too. It's not like there's a ton, but you may actually get to two rounds uh, of people being selected uh, in, in the re-entry draft. So um, December 17th, as we're recording, that was the re-entry process stage one. December 22nd, re-entry process stage two uh, is when that takes place. Now, we know the cool thing about stage two is that you actually get to renegotiate the contract. So it's not like, hey, I'm going to take you at your contract option. It's like, hey, we'll offer you this much money to come play. And if it's a 
if it's a good enough deal, uh, if MLS considers it, as they say, a bona fide offer, um, <laughs> I just I can't that that's a yeah. word that we use on a regular basis. But if it's a bona fide offer, they actually pick up the rights to that player. Um, if that player decides not to go to that team and go out of the league, because basically the rights are now held by uh, whichever team offers the bona fide offer. So uh, that's where we're at. Uh, that happens December 22nd. So just before Christmas um, next week, we'll get uh, reentry process stage two. Are, are you as excited about the reentry re process <laughs> stage two as, as everybody else is? I was going to say, this is kind of like the Mandalorian. Like I'm into the Mandalorian and I enjoy Star Wars, but like there are people who watched all the cartoons and read all the novels and played all the video games. And they're like deep into all the background characters. Right. If you're into MLS re-entry draft round two, you're that's the level of Star Wars fandom where you know the little creature that's in the background hanging out in the tree. That's not that's not where I'm at. I just I, I like Baby Yoda. That's my guy. I like the Mandalorian. I enjoy it for what it is, surface level, and that's okay too. But yeah, re-entry draft, that's going deep. Uh, it makes sense one why that's because part of me also wants to think, well, the Galaxy, with as few players as they have on their roster, losing Joe Corona to expansion, you know, maybe there should be some moves happening here. And so you're you're wondering why aren't the Galaxy making moves with these opportunities? But what you're saying does make sense. Is if, if they have to take it at their current salary, then you want to wait till that second round so you can renegotiate a little more wiggle room uh, on that second go around. So that makes sense now that you are MLS sommelier have uh, explained that to to the lay person here. Do you, do you taste the oakiness? <laughs> do you taste the oak? It's on it's on the back of your palate. You're going to want to taste the oakiness uh -huh. and the Thierry Henry. The Thierry Henry's up front okay. on the tip of your tongue, and then you know oakiness. Um, is, you know the Landon Donovan. Yeah, the Landon Donovan's some... more towards the back. <laughs> getting a, getting a fruity fruity aftertone. Yes, absolutely. That's that's what you get from uh, <laughs> from from Major League Soccer in the reentry draft. Uh, so crazy. You, you talk about players. Uh, 17 players currently on the LA Galaxy roster. We've, we've told you about that a bunch of times. There are technically three homegrown players who have, I believe, already signed. Uh, MLS has it official. The LA Galaxy haven't announced anything. Uh, one, and you're going to learn about this here in a second, the LA Galaxy probably aren't going to make any player announcements until January, so don't expect that. That's going to be your New Year's present whenever you come back because there's going to be some player announcements uh, coming forward. I'll tell you uh, about one of those, maybe even two of those could be uh, coming up here in a little bit. But they have 17. You add those three, they now have 20. MLS rosters are 30. You have 10 spots open. That's less spots than everybody thinks are available. And when you do that, because I tried to make you, I said, Hey, Eric, make a starting 11 out of the people who are on the roster. And you laughed at me and said, I can do it, but it won't be fun. Um, you do it. You want them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a lesson in futility because there's no starting goalkeeper. Uh, you're, you're certainly missing that right now. Um, well, and the fact, yeah, yes. Vom Stieg, the option well, was exercised. So it's technically you have a goal, a starting goalkeeper. That's a goalkeeper. Yeah, you're, you want to do you're, it? Let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. All right, give me your give me your starting eleven based <laughs> on the seventeen players who are currently on the roster officially. The players who are on the roster, Von Stieg, uh, is is your starting goalkeeper. Lopez is still there. Uh, I know a lot of people prefer him, but either or, uh, he's there. Your your back four are Arajo, Steras, uh, Depew, and Triore. Uh, those are the only guaranteed that are come back. So those are you know your four most experienced uh, defenders there, with possibly Pipo Gonzalez, depending on what you thought of those last two games of the season. Uh, mm -hmm. that's your defense. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Legit, Efrain Alvarez, and Sasha Kleshton would be your midfield. That's, uh, you know, only with the bench with Kai Kariniak and uh, Johnny Perez mm -hmm. are, are the only options coming on off the bench there. 
And then if you go with a two striker system, which I'm assuming a new manager will go with, you have Ethan Zubek and Javier Hernandez. Those are your two forwards. And then Cameron Dunbar on the bench. So uh, that's not a starting 11. I'm going to read that again. Vomstig, Arajo, Stairs, Depew, Traore, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, Legit, Efrain Alvarez, Kleschen, Zubek, and Chicharito. That's not a, I don't know. I don't know if that team's striking fear into a lot of people. Oh, I think I think it strikes fear into the second division of USL. I mean, I think if they played in not not the not the championship level, but League One, if they played in League One USL, I think they could do some damage. Absolutely, maybe maybe their mid table USL team uh, in the championship. Maybe that's where they are. Do you remember back in the day when we used to pine and and sort of wax poetically about the LA Galaxy in 2014 or 2012 and say? How would they do in the English Premier League? Like, what could they? Could they, are, are they are they a good enough to be a bottom <laughs> bottom? Uh, uh, you know, a bottom would of the barrel. Would they be relegated? English? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the question. Yeah, would they be relegated? And, and not only that, but would you say that they're a mid to upper table championship league team? Remember when we used to talk about that? Wasn't that fun? That was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. And and we were serious about it too. That was the thing. I mean, we would talk about that and say, you know, I think that they could do pretty good. I mean, you got David Beckham and you got Robbie Keane and you got Ishizaki and you got like <laughs> they, you know, I mean, you could you could you could start doing that and go around and say, Yeah, we don't do that anymore. So yeah. um, that was sort of my point to that. So yes. Um, so that's where you're sort of at. But if you add those three players, like I said, you now have 20 players on the roster. You only have 10 and you don't have a bunch of starters. So uh, going into this is is certainly uh, trying to see where people fit, trying to see what other pieces are going to be added. Sometimes the reentry draft isn't, isn't all you want. You know, um, it, it's not all there. And it doesn't surprise me that Dennis DeClosa is 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 not exactly jumping up and down at what's out there. There's a lot of stuff out there and there's going to be a lot of stuff out there um, after the re-entry draft as well. They basically become free agents um, up to a certain point after the re-entry draft so they can kind of figure out where they want to go, but a lot of those people won't get picked up anymore. So uh, That's that's also where you get into what my favorite machination of MLS, which is we have people trading for Tam and, Tam and, Tam and Gam or Jam. That's jam. Like call it. That's jam. General <laughs> allocation money. It's a soft G. Everybody knows this. But, We've been over this. People who've listened yeah. to this, they know. But that's that's my favorite thing, is especially with with an expansion team. You, you might see, uh, you know, some 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 of that allocation money be traded, uh, and that's going to be to offer a better deal to one of those free agents or someone, uh, you know, to entice someone who's not a free agent, but to get them, uh, you know, at a higher rate or, or whatever whatever they need to do to entice those teams uh, to release them. So that's that's my favorite part. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Aaron asked, by the way, well, let's say we sign more than ten. Can we send some to G two? Yes, depending on if they're full year loans. Like a lot of those have to be permanent loans for the year. So yes, you can. And so just sort of keep that in mind. I think there will be a little more movement between things, but until COVID sort of relaxes, the movement between teams, which was completely stymied and stopped in 2020, and there would have been movement between teams in 2020, absolutely, if it wasn't for COVID. Um, but between those two things you look at, um, yeah, if COVID subsides and you can relax some of the um, some of the precautions that teams are taking, so that way you're not transferring players and intermixing bubbles uh, whenever that happens, yeah. then yes, you could do that. Um, so it's, it, you know, keep an eye on that. But in, as long as there's COVID restrictions, that's going to be restricted as well. So you need to be really careful with how you sort of do that. I imagine if at the beginning of the year, they say year long loan to these guys and they're going down and they're just there, then you're fine, but you're not going to be able to interchange and mingle and send up and send down and move around those guys for, for very long. And I think that's, that's one part that gets lost in that is when we're talking about inter intermingling and changing between 
uh, G2 on the first team, I think the, a lot of the assumption is a player does well in G2 and you call them up, but there's also that that fringe level player who's not not a regular starter who gets sent down to get those minutes and they weren't able to do that either. And I think that's an important part is those those players who aren't regular starters still staying warm, still playing competitive soccer. It's important to for those guys to be loaned down at the right times as well. Yeah. Um it's it's there's always this and you get it right like the fringe player um you know you talk about guys like like gordon wilde perhaps and you're like yeah, oh man they should have exactly. sent him down to yeah they should have sent him down to galaxy two it's like so you want him to take up minutes from somebody that you're developing and have a lot more faith in right now than some guy you picked up you know sort of as a hey maybe this guy will work out and it didn't end up working out i mean that you have to think of that you're developing people on galaxy two so sitting mm-hmm. them on the bench at G2 to get somebody from the first team, unless you're trying to develop somebody like a Kai Kareniak is somebody you send down to G2 and give minutes because you're trying to develop him for the first team. Gordon Wilde is like, you've already been playing for, you know, Atlanta's second, you know, Atlanta's USL team, right? Atlanta too. Yeah. Yeah, And you didn't crack it. So why are we going to keep doing this um, and and trying to go, you know, you know, back and forth and keep going. So anyway, um, that's, that's sort of where we're at. Let's go back and and talk about some better times though, Eric, um, because as of today, uh, MLS announced and there was voting that took place for the fans. And I have to admit that the fans got it correct. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's first goal in Major League Soccer, the goal against LAFC, the miracle on March 31st, um, is voted and has been voted the best goal in the history of Major League Soccer. Um, I was there. I witnessed it. You were there. You witnessed it. Um, the most crazy, ridiculous game I've ever seen played. The most crazy, ridiculous goal that ended up tying it at 3-3. Uh, and then, it, you know, I always I always have to remind everybody that tied the game. And then he scored in stoppage time yeah. that, that, <laughs> that won the game as well. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting whenever you, you, you put all this out. But, he, I mean, they got it right, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, that there, you know, I, I saw some mentions that there's some recency bias and that over the 25 year history over, you know, just the mo- that's one of the more recent goals. How can how can you give it to that? But I think the context is something that's extremely important there with the rivalry with Zlatan being signed. And is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He was, you know, almost almost his first touch of the ball. And that's and that's what happened. And the manner of which he scored, it's just everything lined up perfectly and i think just how well that well, that was struck uh if the argument was going to be made against that oh it wasn't technically the best goal because the goalie was off his line that was still a pretty technically gifted goal i mean to be able to hit it like that that's just uh you know years of soccer muscle memory and knowing how to knowing how to strike a ball uh it, it just everything landed up perfectly so i i think it's fair to call it the best mls goal of all time that's a goal that um you know, I, when you watch those full video sequences where they break down that entire game, you still get chills watching it. And you you know what we've seen two years and two entire years that we've gone by and we've seen this goal how many times. But still, when you watch that full sequence, you still get the chicken skin uh, and you still feel it. And, and it's just it's something that you I'm going to remember forever being in stadium. And that's something that you're going to tell stories of, of to people that you were there. You were there when you saw it and just the atmosphere in the stadium. Uh, the level of the goal, who scored the goal, all those things add up to where I think it's it's absolutely the right choice for the greatest goal in MLS history through the first 25 years. Okay, I got some rapid fire, quick trivia questions about this game uh, that goes to it. I was, I was told there wouldn't be a test. Yeah, well, there is a test, and I told I didn't want to tell you what they were because I didn't want you to even think about it. And I don't know. I think some of these are tricky, but you know, I, I don't expect it. Um, 
Galaxy were losing 3-0 in the second half, right? We know that. Um, LAFC's third goal was scored by who, however? Oh, yeah. See, I don't I don't like doing this because it's it's one of our favorites, Daniel Stairs. Yes, an, it is. So yes, yeah. own goal. Oh, <laughs> yeah, own goal, that was own goal by dancers. We, we like the guy. We don't we don't want to throw him under the bus. But yeah, that he was well, do you know who who crossed it and who who sent it in? Uh, no, I don't. It was Urania, formerly of San Jose, and then ended up at LFC. Yeah, he yeah. was the one who who put in the cross that forced forced the own goal. Okay, so so we have that one. Okay, um, the in the sixty first minute, the the Olays started from LAFC, right? Remember that. Um, Legette scored in the sixty first minute, made it three one. Uh, Boateng to who that scored the second goal? That was Boateng, Boateng to Party Boy Chris Bonius. Chris Pontius in the seventh seventy third minute uh, came Incredible in. And, yep, so three two. Um, here is the the question. Obviously, in the seventy seventh minute, Zlatan scores his wonder goal. Who had the assist on the wonder goal? Also, also Daniel Stairs. There you Off go. See, head. I wasn't I wasn't gonna lift. I was gonna <laughs> leave him in the dirt. There, I was okay. gonna I was gonna make make sure they got it. Yeah, Dan Stairs gets the biggest assist on the greatest goal in MLS history. The uncredited assist, though, does need to go to Ola Kamara for, Ola Kamara. for that bump and going on and being physical. And uh, there's still tears of uh, LAFC fans in my water jug crying about that, you know, foul uh, yes. that happened. So, yes. so he gets an uncredited assist for sure. By the way, if you look at that, and even if you're looking at that, that e- pretty easily, right? You're looking at that as two guys who go up for the ball at the same yeah. time. Just one guy sucked at it and the other guy was good at it. Well, Ola Kamara comes down on his feet. I forget yeah. who he even body checked, but... It was, it, it was, it was over with and it exactly. didn't matter. It wasn't a low bridge. There wasn't an elbow. It was just two guys nope. jumping up and he just, he out, he out muscled them. Okay. Final trivia question. Here he goes. Rapid fire. Uh, 91st minute. Ashley Cole crosses the ball to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scores the game winner um, on his head. Uh, who was the first player to celebrate with Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Oof. Yes. Was it Ima Boateng? It was not. Oh, it was, on. it was, it was another one of our favorite defenders. Was it Daniel Stairs or Rolf Felcher? No, no. <laughs> it was Dave Romney. Dave Romney ah, was the first guy to get there that's and, true. We uh, and, and celebrate. So anyway, but um, I, I, yeah. there's then it must have been the first goal because there's an incredible picture of Zlatan and Ima looking up at him like he just like he literally just saw God, yes. you know, and it's it's just he has this look on his face. So that's an incredible image that I I, I also remember that being a, a, an awesome picture. All right. Well, uh, let's get to some. So that was just some fun stuff. Anyway, greatest goal easy in world history. Yeah, easy. That was fun. And, it, and it's fun to think about that as well. Yeah. Somebody said, uh, I, I saw there was a troll on Twitter who was like, man, there's the LA Galaxy living in the past again. It's like we, <laughs> they were trying to rank the best goals in history yeah. and games aren't being played right now. How do you not like live in the history of this? You know, that's a fair argument every other day of the week. But for this specific, this is when you were supposed to appreciate the past. And that's where it's okay. This, this made it okay. And then uh, when, when I do it next week and I, I start showing video clips of that goal, then you can call me out for that. But for, for this instance, it's okay. You, you can do it all the way up until the season starts again, really. Cause there's nothing really, what are you going to do? Like, you know, yeah. show pre preseason training clips and be like, Oh yeah, man, here we go. Um, all right, let's get to some, Let's start with the non-breaking breaking news, which is you've already heard this name mentioned. I'm just going to give you my take on it as well. Um, there's a rumor out there that the LA Galaxy are interested in uh, Jorge Villafania. 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 There you go. I can say it. I practice. At least he didn't say George. George. It, w- I, we could go George, too. I mean, you know, however you really want to do it. Uh, Jorge Villafania. 
Um, this was originally reported by Jeff Carlisle from ESPN that the LA Galaxy were interested in Villafana. Uh, thinking about bringing him in, you're looking at a left back, a 30-year-old uh, left back who has a ton of time in Major League Soccer. Good God. Um, the, the man has been playing in NMLS for a very long time. However, uh, I can add my two cents on this. Um, I can confirm the LA Galaxy are interested and the deal is likely. Um, as a matter of fact, I would expect that there will be an announcement in January as long as everything goes the way everybody's expecting it to go. Uh, so you're not going to get an announcement very soon. Um, and there's some reasons for that, probably. Uh, maybe some reasons that I will tell you about here in a little bit. Um, but no announcement until January. He was, a, uh, I believe, a TAM player, or at least he made $600,000 in 2019. We don't know what he made in 2020. Um, we're assuming that it was probably a little bit more because it was part of the contract. So he probably made a little bit more than that. Um, but with this move, Eric, it looks likely that that means, or at least is spelling out the end of, of Emiliano and Sua as well, which is interesting. Um, because I thought Insua was a good pickup, uh, but the LA Galaxy, if they go with Viafania, would get an international spot back. Um, and you know, Viafania, like I said, has has been uh, you know a, a an MLS journeyman, um, won an MLS Cup as well. So, what do you think? Uh, are you are you feeling this move, or are you just sort of like, okay, sure? <laughs> I, I am feeling this move, uh, and and I think one of the reasons that I'm feeling it is <laughs> I'm not quite dancing about it. Woo, uh, dance, the- baby, dance. <laughs> One of the reasons that I am feeling it is because it's it's a known commodity. And uh-huh. I think where the Galaxy have misstepped in recent years, it's the the Yonis, the Pipos, these outside of the league, people who you're bringing in and are, are, you think they're going to make a difference. And then for one reason or another, they're unable to have a huge impact. I think with, with Villafania, I think you know what you're getting. It's a, it's a known quantity, someone with experience in the league, in the Western Conference, knowing uh, you know, and just, you know, you're going to get a solid left back who's going to do his job and is going to be good at his job uh, and someone you can count on. The, the part that that I'm not as thrilled about is because I liked Insua. I thought Insua was one of uh, the better players this season. I know that wasn't, not everyone felt the same, but I felt that way. And uh, I feel like I haven't been way wrong on a lot of things or, or totally off base with a lot of my my takes, but I've been way wrong on, on Insua because I thought, it was his first year. He's going to come back because there's going to be at least two years on his contract. He's not someone that they're going to let go. And then here they are. Uh, you know, they didn't have, they didn't exercise the option. Uh, they're already finding a replacement, so it doesn't seem like they're negotiating. Uh, you know, probably too hard to bring him back. So it makes me wonder if it's a salary thing or if uh, he wants to say maybe he wants to be closer to home in Argentina and maybe that's where he's angling his move. Maybe it's a personal decision on his part. Um, you know, I know he just had, had a baby or his wife had a baby. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, how do we feel about that? Did he have it? Did his wife have it? You know what I mean. Listen, they both had it. I'm going to say she did most of the work. All right. In fact, she did all the work, but he, he still had it. So he he was there. But that's the, that's, that's the part that I, that I'm not as thrilled about. I think if you, you lose Insua to bring in Villafania, I think it, it ends up being a wash in the end. Um, but that, that's, that's the, the only negative that I see from it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting, interesting move. Um, like I said, Villafania has been in the league since 2007. He broke in with Chivas USA, um, was with Chivas USA until 2013, um, which means that he crosses paths with one Mr. Dennis DeClosa, who was in charge of, uh, of Chivas USA as the, the general manager there from 2012 to 2014. So they know each other, which is an interesting sort of, you know, cross of things to happen. Um, so I found that interesting. Um, 
Um, 2021 will be his 13th season in the league. He originally was uh, or won a contract, Eric. He originally won a contract um, in uh, for playing for the Spanish language TV show called uh, Sueño MLS, which was uh, a TV competition, basically um, that you could come in and and you you tried out and you did things and you know the the winner got an MLS contract and they were MLS contract with US USA. Um, it's interesting that he did that and everybody could say that's very gimmicky, but this will be his thirteenth year in twenty twenty one as an MLS player. I was going to um, say why did, why did that reality show go if it, if it worked out for him so well? Why bring it back? Let, yeah. let's, let's do it again. Uh, he has sixteen playoff games under his belt as well. Um, also won an MLS Cup with the Portland Timbers in twenty fifteen. Whenever they beat the Columbus Crew with the famous ball that was out of bounds, um, he's as I said thirty years old and he's a local guy. Uh, that's another part of this, and that you certainly have to understand. He's an Anaheim native, so grew up and was born in Anaheim. Um, so he's a guy who certainly, I think, would like to come back to Southern California. And whenever you get guys who want to come back to Southern California, you usually get the "bring me home" discount. Um, and I would imagine that the LA Galaxy at this point are looking at the bring me home discount. Um, so you look through all of his years. He played uh, 19 games, started 17 games in 2020. I believe Portland played 23 games. It was either 22 or 23. Um, I think maybe they had all 23. The Galaxy only got 22. Um, but you know, he had 1,550 minutes. He had one goal, five assists. I mean, this is a guy who gets up and down on the left-hand side. Uh, you would hope that if Pavone comes back in, um, that you would see, you know, that combination between those two working. Uh, no update on Pavone. I've seen the rumors that the LA Galaxy have offered $8 million for 100% of the player. And I've seen the rumors that say that Boko will reject that and are demanding $10 million for uh, eighty for a 20% sell-on clause, which would value Pavone. So the LA Galaxy's deal values Pavone at $8 million. That one's easy. Uh, the Nat, the Boca Juniors deal would value Pavone at about 12 and a half or 13 million, between 12 and 13 million, somewhere in there. Um, I would just like to point out to all the people who said he's worth $20 million or he's worth $40 million that currently, if it's to be believed, Boca thinks that he's not worth more than 12 and a half, 13 million dollars. Um, so just keep that in mind as this goes. It seems like the 10 million and 20% is actually a pretty good deal. I might look at that one, um, but I have a feeling the Galaxy are looking more for maybe 8 million and 20%. Uh, than, than that. And then again, we would be at the $10 million valuation instead of. So it's about valuing a player. Uh, that's important to watch. So just keep your eyes on that. I have no new information on that. I'm just showing you what the what the rumors are saying. And some of those seem reasonable. Some of the rumors are absolutely bat crazy. Uh, the craziest thing I ever saw today, somebody put on the Discord. Let me share you with this before we get back to Via Um There was a rumor today that Chicharito was demanding that the LA Galaxy go get Giovanni Dos Santos. Oh, that's from, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Going back to get Giovanni Dos Santos. Now, the reason that they're doing that is that uh, is that Giovanni Dos Santos has been so good at America <laughs> and so good with the LA Galaxy that they want to bring him back um, into that. So, um, yeah, that's that was that was my favorite one. There was also talks about Pavone and Messi in there as well, which it was just, it's a, it's, you should go to our discord and read that rumor. It's my favorite one. I was going to say, I haven't been involved in the discord, but you're making me miss it. I think I got to yeah. go back and go and go check it out. There's some good stuff. Anyway, back to, to Via Fania. Um, Aaron asked, by the way, do we know in Sua's salary? And Sua was assigning this year. They released no information on the 2020. We know he was not a TAM player. So we know his 
uh, worth, we know his uh, salary was below like 650 or 615, I think is where we were at. So we know it was below that. Um, so that's, that's we, but the MLSPA is not going to uh, release 2020 uh, salaries. And I don't know if we're going to get 2021 ones either. Yeah. So uh, interesting. Back to Viafania. Uh, uh, Jeff Carlisle saying that uh, basically Viafania is not a free agent. So th- things have to swap for Viafania. So the LA Galaxy would basically be sending like a first round draft pick to Portland. And Portland Damn. would be, yeah. <laughs> it's Gam and Tam, 125K and in, in, in Tam, plus a couple of soccer balls and, uh, you know, one of Cosmo's gifts, uh, you know, for Christmas. Wonderful. Wonderful. Love it. Um, so anyway, so that's where we sort of sit. Um, I think he's an experienced guy. If you want to bring him in, I think that's fine. Um, let's talk about another rumor, though. Uh, Miguel Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra from Seattle. Miguel Ibarra from really Minnesota United, if you want to go back to his heyday. Miguel Ibarra, who was famously called up by Jurgen Klinsmann as the next best thing in the North American Soccer League. And it was the first time a second division player had ever been called up and given a cap to the U.S. men's national team. He only got three because you're going to get fired, but that's how it works. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of hype around Miguel Ibarra, who is a decent enough player. I don't want to be, you know, just could just like dump all over this. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'm saying the level of between this rumor, which I cannot confirm, um, and the level of the Viafania one, which I can confirm that the LA Galaxy are interested in, that seems likely, um, are two different things. These are completely different moves for different reasons. And, and again, an older player at 30 years old, so still at 30, Gal- I mean, you would have to say the Galaxy are stacking up their roster with a whole bunch of 30-year-olds, and does that make any sense um, with, with Miguel Ibarra? Uh, what, Eric, what's, what's your what's your rumor meter say on this one? Give me the, can you do that thing you do where the, oh, it's crazy. Sorry, <laughs> that's one of my favorite moves. No, yeah. no, no, this one, no. this one goes on towards the other end. It d- doesn't mean that it's not true. And it doesn't mean that it won't happen. I just, I'm not as crazy about this one. I think with, with Villafania, I think he's, he's got the reps and he's at a, as a defender, you know, you, you see that there, but with Miguel Ibarra, you know, just going back to his time with Minnesota United, and that's when he was supposed to be, you know, in his prime there and really firing on all cylinders, you know, during the MLS version of Minnesota United, 84 appearances, 11 goals, uh, you know, in the USL, Minnesota United, 90, uh, 90 games, 17 goals. It just, it's not a high enough goal rate for someone who you're going to bring in uh, expected to score goals. And then playing with Seattle, he didn't have a single goal during his 12 appearances with them. Uh, and so I, I just don't know if he, if he's the answer there as, as a backup, you say, you know, can he give you more than, than what Ethan Zubak or Cameron Dunbar, if those are your only two backups right now, can he give you more than that? Maybe he's in that neighborhood, but but it's it's doesn't fly off the page. It doesn't seem like wow, this is going to fix it. This is going to really bolster the team. It just seems like a a mid to lower level type of move. Yeah, no, no, I I think you're I think you're right. Um, you know, looking at a lot of those things, uh, it, it's interesting because I can really sort of make the same argument, Eric, that I can with Viafania, and I'm about to. He was born in Lancaster. Uh, California. He's a local kid. Uh, played soccer for UC Irvine and Taft, but UC Irvine in 2010 and 2011. Also played with Orange County Blue Star in 2011. So you you know that's a local uh, lower lower division team that Jurgen Klinsmann sometimes played with. Whenever even though like wasn't his name sometimes. There's a whole bunch of people who have played for Orange County Blue Star um, throughout the years. Uh, played for the NASL side, Minnesota United. Called up Jurgen Klinsmann. Won the 2014 Golden Ball in NASL as the league's best player. 
player uh, signed with Club Lyon for a fee of $1 million. Um, 2015, yep, exactly. Uh, 2015 to 2016 uh, was part of Minnesota United's inaugural season in 2017. Um, it looks like his option was declined. Um, and so he is, I believe, free to go as long as he makes it through all these things. I don't know if he, he's a, uh, he's, he can't be a, uh, a free agent, but there's, there's things in here that will allow him to move, it seems to. Uh, watching his highlights, and I sent you his highlights today, and I said, try to get excited about this, knowing these are the best of his 2018. His 2018 season with Minnesota United was his best. Seven goals, eight assists, uh, uh, 2,700-something minutes, uh, 33 games played, 31 games started. I mean, you're talking about prime Miguel Ibarra here uh, as best you can. And if you watch those highlights of his assists and his goals, were were you impressed at all? No. Again, I... Here we are, you know, me, you know, the guy who's put on the, the full COVID-19 plus sitting here critiquing a, a professional athlete. But yeah, I just, I did, you don't get excited watching that highlight clip. Uh, we talked about Zlatan getting, uh, you know, greatest goal ever. And, and then I, I looked up the clip uh, to bring up technical ability, the hat trick against LAFC, where he did the little rainbow over the defender, the header, and then the left footed shot. In that minute and 30 second clip with three goals, that was a more impressive highlight reel than the two year span of this highlight reel, uh, you know, for Ibarra. So, you know, it, it's a great story, you know, for what he was able to do and how far he was able to to take his career given, you know, it's it, it's a, like a feel good type story, but I just don't know that it, it's it's super exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's not one of those things that that I think is is necessary. Um, and so we'll see the other part about that rumor was that the person who, who talked about this rumor and I kind of, I don't even want to say like the name just because I feel like there's some dots connected here that don't necessarily match up, but said basically, Oh, with Miguel Barra, this sounds like something, you know, this sounds like Dominic Kinnear is making this move and stuff like I, there's nothing to show that that is the case at all. Um, and so I would say, you know, if you're going to base it off of that connection, that it's it, it's not true, right? Where's, and so, yes. Where where is the Dominic Kinnear connection? I don't know. He's okay. well, Dominic <laughs> Dominic Kinnear knows this part of the part of the the, a, uh, the the country very well. Okay. It's just like I'm like, no, you can't. We that's gonna, not. A, yeah, I thought we were going to say he was, he was a UCI Medical Center for a procedure. Yeah, and, and the bar was UCI, there. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that, there's that's, a that's what it was. Yeah, of course there was. Um, anyway, so so that's uh, on there as well. Um. Yeah, I think that's where we sit on those two rumors. Uh, I think there's going to be more rumors as we approach the new year. Um, so we'll certainly see uh, if that is the case. Um, by the way, Brian, a uh, little super chat for us. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate it. Um, so now we get to, I guess we should do breaking news, right? Yep. The real breaking news. 40, 47 minutes in. Breaking. I, I did breaking a good news. job of this, this podcast. You I need mean, to have someone hand you some papers and say, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, just, I'm, get, I'm getting I, I this just, at the desk just right did, now. No, no, I've been sitting on this for a couple of days. Um, and I was I was sitting there. And and the reason that I'm going to, I'm about to tell you the breaking news. And it's good news uh, if you're an LA Galaxy fan. Um, the problem is it's incomplete. And I realized that. And I was trying to make it complete as I could, but I can't. Um, so let us get to the breaking news right now. Um, COG has learned, and I can confirm that the Galaxy have settled on a final target for coach, um, and that there is hope that they will be able to announce uh, this person before Christmas. Uh, I don't know if it will happen before Christmas, so I'm not going to say it's for sure. And the person who I was talking to um, 
you know, sort of said they they got their fingers crossed that everything gets worked out, but they were working on some final details, um, some things that sort of, you know, get crossed off, sort of dot the I's, cross the T's, that types of thing. Here's the incomplete part of this. I don't know who it is. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know who their final target is. I do know they do have one. I do know they're moving forward and that likely um, you could have an announcement before Christmas, which if I'm guessing happens at the beginning of next week, because the longer you go into the week, the less impact it has. Now, it could also be that they want to do like a Friday morning, which would be right after this, right? And you do that in between. I think announcing between Christmas and New Year's is a no-no. Um, you're just sort of quiet and you sit on it and you have a nice day and then, then January 1st, you can do it. And if you'll remember, um, they talked, uh, they introduced Guillermo Barros-Coloto on January 2nd, um, the last and time. So if I, re- I, I think I remember that he was either the rumor, it was unofficially official, either Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas or Christmas Day. It might have been that, in that, it was in that timeline, yeah. Yeah, so that, it seems to line up pretty pretty similarly to, to that. And I think the other part, and I don't know if you... you you you've shared out and maybe I spaced out because of the the super chat here, uh, but it's also one of the concerning things is the galaxy bringing players in. Uh, you know, does the coach have a say in that? And I think that's being communicated either indirectly well, or so. In some so way. yeah, let let me give that part of it. Basically, um, is is that it's it's a reasonable assumption right now to guess that the player moves that are happening are not happening without either the knowledge of this person who is coming in or uh, maybe even in conjunction with this person that is coming in. Uh, that's, that's, that's a connection. That's a, I'm connecting some dots on that, but it still feels likely. So if you're worried about the LA galaxy making news um, or making moves without a head coach, maybe this puts you a little bit more at ease that the LA galaxy have a target. They're moving towards it. Everything looks like it's going to happen. Um, and whenever it happens, um, you know, we'll we'll see how how that sort of progresses. But one of the reasons that we told you that Fiafania is probably not going to get announced until January is because they want to do this in order, right? They want to <laughs> announce the head coach first, and then they want to talk about Fiafania afterwards. You know, Fabara is coming. It's we're going to announce a head coach. We're going to announce Fiafania, and then we're going to announce Fabara. And all of those things happen in a row because it makes you the fans. Uh, be the press uh, happier that way. It puts things in nice little boxes for us because otherwise you start signing people and we're saying, who's making these decisions? Yeah. This is craziness, you know? And, that's yeah, and, and then in June when when they're struggling, we say, well, you know, uh, Villafania was not a, he was not a Piojo guy. So, you know, we could see why it didn't work out because he didn't, he didn't pick him to bring it in and <laughs> it creates those, those type of conversations. It does. And so um, the, like I said, LA galaxy have a target. Uh, they know who that person is. They're working to finish up the details on the contract for that person. And as far as I know, nobody has reported that I'm the first one. So there you go. There's your breaking news uh, that we have. Uh, this is all according to a source with knowledge of the inner workings of the deal. All right. So uh, I'll I'll tell you right now, we know who the front runners should be, uh, but I'll tell you right. I'll tell you another thing, which is kind of funny. We know Greg Vanny is a front runner, and if we're being honest with ourselves, Greg Vanny is one. Dominic Kinnear is probably one A, um, and then you could even go to Patrick Vieira or Juan Carlos Osorio as you sort of go down those lines in terms of likelihood of it going. I would be very surprised. This is my opinion. I do not have any information, and I need to make that clear because I don't want you to connect these two things with the information that I just told you. Um, it, it, in my opinion, Greg Vanny is that person. It makes sense. Um, timelines line up. Everything lines up with what they're trying to do. Greg Vanny, if I was going to have to bet my whole house on it, I would I would go with Greg Vanny um, at this point. I would not be surprised, though, if it's Dominic Kinnear. 
All right. So with those, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Patrick Vieira. I'm not going to be surprised as long as it's like one of those four names. I'm not going to be surprised. I would be surprised if it was Patrick Vieira. I think the the other one, if it's Juan Carlos Osorio, that would that wouldn't surprise me because of the the obvious uh, Mexican Federation connections. So either of those three would be unsurprising. And if you're if you're putting them into a hat, those are the three names that you want to put into the hat uh, with Vanny. Vanny getting more more tickets right. in the draw than so, the other the other the other teams. If you're doing lottery style here, M- NBA lottery style, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> where where the, the who's a really bad NBA team right now? I haven't watched the NBA in a very it's, long time. It's Knicks. not the Lakers anymore. So no. the Nets, the Knicks, okay. the Nets, oh the Knicks. Good. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought the Nets were good. So yeah. the Knicks, so the Knicks have seventeen hundred ping pong yeah. balls in there right <laughs> now, and the Nets would be you know Greg Vanny if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one of those. So uh, that's where we sit. We will find out. I like the chat room. I'm looking forward to our future fired coach coming in. Um, so that's that's good. It's just, it's, yeah, it's the race to be whoever it is out. So it's there's the day Vanny is signed. There's going to be Vanny out already hashtagged and ready to go. Ready to on go. Twitter. Yeah. Has Vanny been fired yet? Twitter Twitter account pops up. No, <laughs> not today. Um, yeah, there he goes. I like the shade. Somebody's going, who's a really bad NBA team? They're like the Clippers. I like that's good shade. It's good shade because the Lakers are championships. That's why it's good. shade. Yeah, that's I I understand it. All right. Uh, Let's get to a little uh, little housekeeping, a little cleanup as we go. Um, Excited to announce that if you're in our chat room, if you're on Twitter, uh, you probably know this person. But uh, if you're in our discord, you know, Romero, Romero Lopez uh, is his name. Uh, he has been doing an amazing job of the discord and keeping me informed on a whole bunch of things and with with a whole bunch of analytics. And he put his first article up um, right now um, up on corner of the galaxy. And he actually has a second one ready to come out as a well, which will probably be out Friday, Friday afternoon, somewhere in there. Uh, what Romero looked at was looking at the all the players and looking at all the available people is is if you assume the LA Galaxy need a backup striker, and I'll stop everybody from making the joke, we need a first striker first. Oh, I get it. I understand. I, I know where you're coming from. That's fine. But let's be realistic. Chicharito Eric is the LA Galaxy's starting striker, right? You're not going to disagree with me on that. Nope. Not going to disagree. It, it okay. is what it is. It's 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 fun to joke and, and to say, you know, let's ship him off. Let's put him in the expansion draft. And he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's been running, running in the hills. He's been eating healthy. We're, we're, we're going to expect a bounce back. Uh, he, he's going to get at least one more, one more season, one more try at it. Okay. All right. Um, so, so that's where we're at. Chicharito gets it. So what uh, Romero looked at was people who are available, who could possibly fill that backup striker role. And he gave, um, you know, two different sort of options. And he looked at a guy who has uh, basically he's looking at expected goals, goals versus expected goals. Um, you know, uh, a whole bunch of different little stats in there that get kind of confusing for me, but he spells it out very easily in the article and you can sort of understand, but one is Bradley Wright Phillips, um, who sort of outscores you. You need a guy who's going to get limited minutes, but who produces with their limited minutes, right? That's what a backup striker is supposed to do. Um, maybe it ends up being a teammate. Maybe it ends up being a, a pairing with Chicharito. Like you were saying, maybe it's a four, four, two, um, with Chicharito up there, a four, four, one, one, something like that puts in. But you need guys who are going to produce with the limited number of minutes they have. And so I would implore everybody um, to go to the corner of the galaxy site and to read Romero's plays. He talks about, um, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, I'm trying to remember who the second person was. I forgot to Eric, Eric Hurtado. Eric Hurtado was was the second one. This is why Romero did an excellent job here, because 
the the name that is going to stick out is Bradley Wright Phillips. And if you could have had him last season, that's that's a no brainer. Would have been great to have him uh, to back up Chicharito. But you you understand that it's going to come. Uh, to be a little bit more expensive and he is a little further along in age. And I like the comparison because Eric Hurtado is someone who, if you go by the stats and XG and what they were able to produce is almost better by the numbers and they're going to be less expensive and they can, uh, I believe he mentioned that they're uh, he's counts as a domestic player. And so that's the type of player you want the galaxy to sign, not the big name that sticks out, but the under the radar name that's going to produce more than what you expect. And so he did a great job highlighting that. Yeah, he was. It was great, and so Romero has has agreed to as his workload allows uh, to post his his knowledge and his research uh, that he does on there. And I invite the LA Galaxy or anybody else who wants to use this information. I, any team can use this information. It's public information now. But uh, Romero is out here, you know, sort of narrowing the field for a whole bunch of things. I, I thought it was interesting on his list, and he puts a chart in there. One of the guys who's available as a free agent right now is Dom Dwyer, and he falls well down that list on expected goals and. You know, so uh, you know, not just not being a a not nice guy. Uh, he's also not that good of a striker compared to Romero's list here. So that makes me feel good. I'm happy about that. I don't <laughs> know nice. about everybody else. I was gonna say it's nice when you know you go to the optometrist and it all snaps into focus. Uh, so that's exactly what happened with Dom Dwyer there. Ah, oh, so much fun, having a good time. All right, uh, let's see. Is there is there anything else that we want to touch on? I mean, we've kind of covered a whole bunch of things. I think we did a good job dragging out the breaking news that way everybody had to stick along i noticed people left as soon as that happened so they were like ah okay well he doesn't have a name i get it and then you know incomplete you know it's basically the story of my high school career as well just a little bit incomplete um so i i get that um but you know uh, i always have to tell kevin this because kevin is a is a newspaper writer right and he's always like well you got to get the most important thing up front and it's like no 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 it's the reason the news makes you wait wait till like the end for the weather because everybody wants to know what the weather is except now we all have phones so who cares? That was a bad example. I apologize for taking us in that direction. So is there anything else, Eric? No, I think I think we're good. The, the only thing is, uh, you know, it is the end of the year. It's the last live show of the year. It's a, a time to be grateful. So I just want to take this time to, to thank the listeners, everyone who's who's listened to the show this season. This has been, uh, you know, one of the weirdest seasons that I've ever experienced. So thanks for everyone for who, who tuned in, is in the live chat, uh, you know, is interacting on Twitter, interacting on Instagram. Remember, we had a live show at Dignity Health Sports Park. That was this year. And so the the, the listeners who came out to that and, and supported the show, uh, you know, that's just, it's, it's been, it's been so cool. And so it's so great uh, to be a part of this. So, you know, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to our co-hosts, Larry, Sophie, Kevin, the whole gang, uh, you know, thank you to you, Josh, you know, there there's uh, for being sentimental, uh, you know, corner of the galaxy is at the top of the list when it comes to LA galaxy, independent content, uh, you're at the top of the pyramid. And the reason is, is because your hard work and because of uh, your professionalism and taking everything seriously. So thanks to you and, and for bringing me into the fold, uh, and, and to the LA Galaxy this season, I know uh, Chris Glidden and Vicky Mercado and uh, Adam Serrano and part of that group helping me get in the doors this season. So big shout out to them to helping me experience, uh, you know, the LA Galaxy this season. So uh, I just very, very appreciative of all of our listeners of you, Josh, uh, you know, the friendship we've developed and kind of everything that, that's gone on. Happy New Year. You know, happy holidays. Uh, you know, I love you all. Thank you for everything. And I, if I'm going to be sentimental and go out at the end of the year, I just wanted to throw that out there and wear my heart on my sleeve. 
I, 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 I echo almost a hundred percent. I just, the, the only part that I'm, I'm a little, is that we're friends. I didn't know that it was that formal. Um, I, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a little embarrassed right now, but that's okay. It's all good. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. You've been, you've been excellent, obviously dedicating a, a large portion of your time and certainly with kids running around and the 7,000 dogs that you have in the house. Um, you know, you need to, it's, it's, it's a lot and I understand that. So, um, you know, you've, you've done a great job enduring all of the, uh, all of the, the, the pandemic and everything. We sort of shifted. We used to do that. Remember we used to sit yeah. in the same room and do this. Remember, that was fun. Was, remember when we announced FIFA games, uh, <laughs> then we got that desperate. What a year. What a it, year. That did we weren't that desperate desperate for very long. So yeah. uh, that's that's for sure. Um a big uh, happy Hanukkah to all of our, our Jewish yes. friends. Um all the holidays coming up. Wish you very, you know, happy holidays and and safe. Um our schedule going forward, we will have some Monday shows because the Monday shows line up for that. So Kevin and I will will continue to do some Monday shows throughout this time. Uh, hopefully that means that we will have some some information for you as we're going forward. So um, sort of keep your fingers crossed that all this stuff comes out and, and that all the things happen the way they are and that everybody stays safe. There's a huge surge of COVID-19. We know that. Um, stay safe, stay home, try not to, to mingle. I know that's that's tough. And, you know, I, I think I've, I've, I've released my anger at some of this uh, where my son was supposed to come out and, and visit and that's not happening now. So, you know, it's not the best holiday season. I understand that. Um, but be a little bit grateful for what we have. I'm grateful that I'm able to do this from home right now. I'm grateful that so far everybody, um, you know, I know has stayed relatively healthy um, and the people who haven't have recovered from that. So I'm, I'm glad for that. And I'm, I'm praying that the vaccine gets out to everybody and that we all take the vaccine, get our little microchip trackers in, and then we could all, uh, all go around. That's, that's, a, that's a joke, by the way. That's a joke. There's no, there's no trackers. I can explain. I, I've become a pseudoscientist now with like vaccines and how like the, the, the spikes work and what the, yeah. the, the, I know all that stuff. I'm ready to go. Like if you put me in front of a house ethics panel, I could totally defend myself uh, and filibuster it definitely for a couple hours. Um, so anyway, so all that stuff, but be safe. Have happy holidays. Um, that's sort of where we stand now. All right. Uh, anything else? And oh, by the way, I want to mirror what Eric says. The listeners, you guys are awesome. Um, you know, uh, our numbers have stayed relatively strong considering that there was a COVID-19 pandemic. And quite honestly, considering that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is no longer on this team. If you don't think that takes a hit to your numbers, I would just like to say it does. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if Zlatan wants to come back, I will gladly take the increase in traffic <laughs> as well. And hey, Chicharito maybe play better and I'll get some yeah. better numbers. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I need to have happen. That'll also do the trick. Yeah. We're, we're waiting for that bounce back year next year. I need a bounce back year. That's what <laughs> needs to happen. Um, so we'll see what, what the league does. And obviously we'll be here to, uh, to keep you going. We're not going anywhere for the holidays. Like I said, Monday show still going on, but our next live show right now is scheduled for January 7th. Uh, just to let you know, that's, that's where it's currently falls on the calendar. So uh, you'll miss us live for a couple Thursdays and that's okay. All right. Uh, I love you guys. Everybody stay safe. Happy holidays. Erica, tell people where they can find you. Here we go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You could also follow me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. And our final installment of Grading the Galaxy, our attackers section will be dropping soon on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Ooh, I saw you put the draft in there and everything. I was getting excited. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Um, head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com where you can find all of um, you know our articles, our podcasts, all the analysis now from Ramiro as well that he puts up there as well. So we are, uh, we're rocking and rolling in the offseason. Hopefully there'll be some news soon for you here. All right. For, uh, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. 
You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.